Good morning. It is great to be with you this morning. I'm glad you could be with us. Uh, oh, hi, hi, Pastor Sean. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How good. are you? I'm doing wonderful today. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to, to start our worship service. I've got some great tunes this morning. I love these songs that we're talking about. Today's the day I'm going to rejoice and be glad. We're talking about how it is well with my soul, regardless of what's going on in mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know what? It's God's amazing grace. That's awesome. That just washes me clean. Those are some and you're preaching songs. this morning. I am preaching this morning. We're going to be talking about how we can, through the power of Jesus, we're able to redeem the scars in our lives and wow. use them to help people see Christ. Great. So I'm excited about it. It is what, hey, you're in your living room probably. Why don't you stand up? Let's do some more. But if you're in your car, don't stand. Oh up. no, don't stand yeah, up if you're in your car. You stay seated. No, no, and no, keep no. Driving. Stay sitting. Okay, but if you're in your living room, stand up. Let's worship. Okay.
for the worship team for such a great leading us into the throne room of God. Just so powerful the way that we can worship God together. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for everything you do for us. We thank you for the fact that no matter what is happening in the world around us, you are still king. You are still the one who is greater than all things. Father, we thank you that no matter how unnerving and uncertain things are with this virus, you are the great physician who will bring us to a place of health again. Father, we thank you that your peace continues to prevail. Um, Even though we're having to stay at home, your peace doesn't doesn't just stay at the church, but it goes where we are, and we thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness, that you never leave us or forsake us. Father, I do lift up our leaders, Lord, as they are continuing to lead and guide and try to make decisions that are best for our nation and for our states and for our counties, Lord, uh, to keep people safe, Lord. I pray for your wisdom to be upon them, that you will guide them in ways that will be best, that you will bring good out of, Father. Lord, we trust you. We love you. We thank you for the fact that uh, all of our people are healthy. Lord, we do pray for those in our congregation who are sick with other things. You know who they are. Continue to touch their bodies and heal them, Lord. Father, we thank you for This morning, the opportunity we have to look at your word, continue to be with us, speak to us, we pray. We love you, and we want your will in our lives. Amen. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you found us today, uh, and you've decided to join us here this morning as we look at what God has to say to us today. I'm Pastor Sean. I'm the associate pastor here at Placerville Church of the Nazarene, and I'm so happy that I get to be with you today in your home, really. Uh, We uh, uh, celebrated Easter last week, and as we celebrate Easter in the church, one of the things we so commonly will say um, is, He is risen, that being Jesus, 
Jesus is risen. So we say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. And so what I want us to do is, normally the, the pastor, that would be, be me in this case, says the first phrase. And then we as the congregation will all resoundingly say the second phrase, He is risen indeed. So okay, on the count of three, we're going to do this together. Ready? One, two, three. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right. Well, let's continue to, um, as we get ready to look into our word, into God's word today. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to go grab that, uh, to start to open to the book of John. We're going to be in the 20th chapter today. If you don't have your Bible, uh, maybe you have your Bible app on your phone or on your tablet. I encourage you to get into that as well. Um, as we get ready to, um, to jump in, uh, I think it'd be great to start out with a word of prayer. So if you'll bow your heads with me and quiet your spirits, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with joyful hearts and with rejoicing for your amazing love that was expressed and that we celebrated last week on Easter as you rose from the dead after you chose to die on the cross for each and every one of us for uh, to free us from the bondage of sin that we were each born into. Thank you that from, from that new life, that new creation that, that was you that came from your resurrection, that you freely give that to us, the ability for us to be, have that same new life through a relationship with you, Jesus Christ. We thank you that that new life is not only reserved for heaven, but that it can transform us and change our lives the lives that we live here and now. We praise your name for deciding not to just leave us in our misery and the for the consequences of our selfishness, but you chose to enter into the mess that our selfishness has created, and, and you, you decided to show us your love and mercy. Father, as we look at your word this morning, will you open our hearts and our minds to what your spirit will speak to us about? Please take my meager words, Father, and fill them with your power, the power of your Holy Spirit, and, and use them to impact each and every one of us uh, this morning, we pray. Lord, I pray that no matter where we're listening to this at, whether it be in our homes or maybe in our cars, uh, really wherever, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will invade that space and fill it with your love, your peace, and your wisdom as we seek you this morning. We love you, Father, and desire your will in our lives. And we thank you again for all that you have done for us. And in your holy name we pray these things. Amen. Last week, if you joined us, you'll remember that Pastor Steve was looking at a passage here in the 20th chapter of John, just like we're going to look at today. He was looking at the events that happened on that Easter Sunday evening, the, the, where the disciples were locked up in the upper room. He talked about how even though they had heard news, and even a few of them had gone down to check for themselves that Jesus was alive and that he was not in the tomb, they were still in lockdown. They were afraid for their lives. 
You see, they were afraid because the men in charge of their country were the ones who wanted Jesus dead. And they feared that those men would blame them that for Jesus' body being missing. And that they would come after them to, as repercussion. So in that moment of being locked away, consumed by their fear, Jesus appears in the room with them. It's so important to remember that Jesus didn't magically just unlock the door or, or that, he, that there's any mention of him coming through the doorway. It, it just says he was with them. He entered into their fear and he brought his peace. The peace really that can only come from the presence of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit that lives in him. It is following that event that we're going to pick up the account today. And we're going to be looking at what happened following that evening's events. So if you have your Bible and you're in the book of John, we're going to start in chapter 20. We're going to be reading verses 24 through 31. So if you'll follow along with me as we read. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, and in other translations, this will say, um, also known as the twin. Uh, that's what that word means, Didymus, twin. So it says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus or the twin, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the locked door, uh, though the door was locked, I'm sorry, though the door was locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. The word of the Lord. So we find right away that there was a problem following that amazing Easter evening event. We find out that even though Jesus appeared to his disciples and he brought them his peace and, and even gave them his spirit, not all of the disciples were present. They weren't all together. We do know that following the death of Jesus on the cross on that Friday afternoon, several of the disciples did split apart. They were doing it out of fear. Whatever the reason that Thomas was not present when Jesus first appeared to the disciples, when he did finally return to the group, they told him about this amazing experience that they had had with Jesus and that he really was alive. 
I think Thomas's reaction is, is the reaction that many of us would truthfully give if we heard a story about someone raising from the dead. He had skepticism, and he had doubt. I love that the author of John, John the Apostle, I love that he does not whitewash the characters in his gospel, but he allows us to see the very real and human struggles that they had as they came to understand who Jesus was and and as they came to find their place in uh, where their faith was in him. You see, Thomas required a few things. He required physical proof. He, he needed to see the nails holes, the nail holes that were in Jesus' hands. He wanted to be able to put his fingers in the holes. He, he needed to be able to put his hand in the, the wound that was in Jesus' side. And if he couldn't do that, he would not believe. Some people are unable, some people are able to have faith um, just by hearing what others have said or have spoken about. But not, but not everybody can do that. Others, others must work through their faith in a more tangible way. Some people need proof to be able to believe, and, and I think Thomas was one of these people. The scripture says that a week later, or other translations uh, will say eight days later, which is a week, and for those of you who don't know the Jewish calendar, it's a, it's a week. They're, they gather all together again, and this time Thomas is with them. makes a point of saying that Thomas is with them. Now, I, we need to stop for a moment, and we need to understand the significance of it of this, of this sentence. It's important to see that that Thomas's doubts and questions were not instantly answered by Jesus. Thomas didn't say that he needed physical proof and then Jesus just appeared to provide that proof. Thomas had to sit in this place for a whole week. He had to sit in, in his struggling, in his, in his doubt, for a whole week. I can picture what that, that week must have been like for Thomas spending time with the disciples is, who have already experienced the risen Jesus, hearing the stories and the excitement, seeing the joy on, the, on their faces as they continue to tell the story again and again, hearing John and Peter who tell their story of how they had ran down to the tomb and they had seen it being empty. A whole week of not feeling quite complete, like he could tell the others felt. Like he needed something more before he could really fully believe. I'm sure Thomas was running many of the different moments of the ministry of Jesus that he had had with Jesus through his mind during that week. Wondering, hoping that what Jesus had said about coming back really, really was true. So a week later, when they're all together again, and Thomas is with them, and the door is locked again, Jesus appears for the second time. 
And, and he did it exactly how he did it the first time. And I believe that was specifically for Thomas's sake to confirm what he had been told about Jesus's first visit. Jesus brought them his peace once again. And then he turns directly to Thomas. He doesn't have to be told what Thomas had said about needing proof. He just turns to Thomas and he he says, Thomas, see the holes in my hands. Come, feel them. Come and place your hand in my side so that you, Thomas, would no longer be in unbelief, but that you would believe. You see, Jesus' response to Thomas's doubts and his questions, it wasn't a critical thing. He wasn't critical because Thomas was doubting. And he wasn't shaming Thomas for not believing outright. But he was understanding. And he was very purposeful in how he wanted to bring Thomas to a place where he could have faith. John, John does not include this account of Thomas as a warning against doubting or, or against having questions. But it, it's instead to give us hope that when, when we do have doubts and questions, that we can know that Jesus understands and that he will come alongside us to bring us to a place of faith. Doubting should never be considered a sin or a sign, but it, or a sign of weakness. But really, it, it's a sign that someone just needs some time to work through an element of his or her faith. We have to remember that at the very beginning of this chapter, John, um, the Apostle John, who is writing this book, that he talks about himself as he ran down to the tomb um, once they heard that Jesus was no longer there, that he was risen, he was alive. He had to run down because he. it wasn't until he went down and physically saw that the tomb was empty that he himself came to faith. So it's not this issue of having questions or needing some kind of proof that's the problem. It's the fact that Jesus is the one who will help us get there if we need it. Because we all have a way we, we need to work through to come to our faith. Okay, so coming back to the account of with Thomas, this passage gives us no indication whether or not Thomas actually touches Jesus at all. It just it just tells us that Jesus says this, and then Thomas has his response. And, and I think that he didn't have to touch him. I think that just seeing the risen Jesus Christ brought him to the place where he could have faith. And Jesus and Thomas's response in seeing Jesus is my Lord, my God. That statement is one of the most important statements in the entirety of the Gospel of John. Because although John has been alluding and drawing us to the conclusion that Jesus is God, as we have seen in John 1.1, at the very beginning of his book, he, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John states, at the very, very beginning, that the Word was God. And it's not for a few more verses 
that we can come to the conclusion that the word was Jesus. That's what John is referring to Jesus as, is as the word. So John hasn't actually said Jesus is God yet. And it's not until Thomas, the very end, the one who is doubting, he's the one, he's the very first person in the entire gospel of John to verbally proclaim Jesus is God. And Jesus then blesses him and blesses all of those who will come after Thomas, who will believe without getting to see the physical body of Jesus. John concludes this chapter with two verses that state the whole purpose for everything that he has written up until this point. The reason that he has included certain elements or events of Jesus' life and ministry and why he's not mentioned some of the other ones that we find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's because he wants us, he wants to lead us, to lead all people, to understand and believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through faith in him, we can have everlasting life, both here and now, and in heaven for all of eternity. I think it's interesting that the form of the word of the Greek word that's used here that we translate as believe is written in a way that really means to bring unbelievers to a place of belief, but it also can mean to help those who are already believing to continue to believe. So look at the way that this chapter is written. John talks about Thomas, who is doubting, who doesn't believe without some kind of physical proof, who gets to see Jesus' physical, the holes in his hands, the, the hole in his side, and he's talking about how he has faith because of that. And, and his proclamation is that Jesus is God. I don't know how else John could have concluded this chapter than to say, hey, listen, if you've missed the point yet, Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. He is the Messiah. And everything that I have written is so that you will understand that. So how do we enter into this encounter with Thomas? Where do we find ourselves in this story? Do we know anyone in our lives who might fit in this story? Many of us can completely relate to both Thomas and the Apostle John in the first part of this chapter, who when we have moments of, of doubting or, or questions or needing to see more than just what we've heard. Life is by no means easy, and sometimes it feels like life has made its made it its mission to completely plow us over. There are families that struggle with volatile relationship issues, people with emotional damages, or, or families who deal with ongoing medical issues. I mean, the examples could go on and on and on. We're currently all in lockdown mode. We can't go anywhere. Life can seem overwhelming at times. It's in those dark moments 
when we know what Christ tells us, when we try to remember our faith, we have to remember what he tells us about our faith. But all we long for sometimes is the tangible proof to hold on to. When, when life can overwhelm us, we become Thomas, really. We need more. We need something to hold on to. And, and just like Thomas, we're not stepping away from our faith or or committing some great sin because we have a question we're questioning or, or we're having a moment of doubt. But unlike Thomas, we don't have the physical body of Jesus that can just appear to us and show us his hands and his side. So what do we have to hold on to? Is there anything tangible for us to see or to touch that can restore or strengthen our faith so that we can be like Thomas where we go from believing or disbelieving to believing? I believe that there is definitely something tangible we can experience today. We might not be able to see the holes in the hand in the in Jesus' hands, but we have each other to hold on to. Each and every one of us have lived very different lives and, and have many experiences with different trials and tragedy, tragedies. And, and many of those things have produced different kinds of scars in our lives, whether they're physical or emotional or, or mental. And scars can often be really challenging for us to deal with because we feel like they are kind of ugly. So often, people do everything they can to hide their scars because they can be painful reminders or mistakes of mistakes that they've made. Or we fear that people might think less of us or judge us or maybe believe that we're weak. We sometimes can project what we want people to think and believe about us as we try to hide as much of the truth and pain about what, our, what we've dealt with deep within. This behavior makes perfect sense to us normally because our scars and our pain are not necessarily everyone's business, right? And, and we have a right to protect our, ourselves, don't we? We know that most people around us are probably doing the same thing as us. You see... We all believe that lie, that by hiding our scars, we're protecting not only ourselves, but we're also protecting each other from having to deal with the potential ugliness of our paths, pasts and our hurt. So let me ask you this. What if Jesus had decided to hide his wounds? What if Jesus was ashamed that he had been killed? Where would we have found Thomas on that fateful Sunday if Jesus had not shown him the marks. Thomas needed the authenticity of Jesus so that his faith could be strengthened and confirmed. There are so many different people in our lives who are struggling with different issues and are wrestling that they really just need to see the authenticity of Jesus in their lives somehow. Christians are called to live authentic lives. 
This allows the people in our lives to experience the authenticity of Jesus through us. When we are able to put down our defenses and be authentic with people in in both our lives, within the church and without the church, we're able to stand as a representative of Christ's victory in our lives. Christians realize and they understand that with Christ in our lives, we can allow Jesus to heal the wounds and the pains of our pasts. The scars no longer are ugly marks or painful and painful reminders, but they become beacons of the faithfulness and grace of Christ in our lives. Just the way, just like Jesus' holes, the holes in his hands were not marks of defeat, but they were banners of victory over sin. Can we allow Christ to help us lower our defenses so that when he brings people into our lives that are, that maybe our scars can impact, that we'll be ready to speak about the power of Christ's love and grace and the peace that he has brought us in, in many of the difficult moments we have experienced. These could be the moments where the reality of Christ can become so real that their unbelief becomes belief. And that new life can be theirs as they place their faith in Jesus Christ. Now Christ doesn't doesn't need us only to be authentic to the people outside the church who don't have faith already. But our authenticity is an amazing gift to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Christians are not immune to the hardships and injustices of life. We too have moments of wrestling and struggling and questions in our faith journeys. Just like Thomas, so many people in the church today know Christ and his teachings, but in those dark moments, they just need to see proof that victory is possible. When our faith communities are are able to be full of authentic people who are willing to share the scars that represent the victories Christ has brought them through, we are able to lift the faith of those in our communities that are struggling or are needing their faith bolstered. We must remember that the message of Easter is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was nailed to a cross and died. But the story doesn't end there. That those nails and that spear wound were not the final statement for Jesus. They were not, they did not defeat him. But God raised him from the dead, and those scars became the victory, or the beacon of that victory. The victory, that victory becomes our victory, because we now have the ability to have that same new life, that true life. What, that's really what true life is because of those scars and what they represent. Our scars might not be as significant as Christ's scars, but through the same power that rose Christ from the dead, it has the ability to transform those scars to become the very same beacon of victory that his were. 
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all, for all that you do for us. Thank you for working through all the difficult times in our lives to bring some good out of it. Jesus, will you redeem our scars and past pains and transform them from something that we want to hide into true beacons of victory, of your victory in our lives. Thank you for paying the ultimate sacrifice that allows us the ability to be in a relationship with you and have the gift of new life, free from sin, which is the ultimate victory. We are so grateful for how you have spoken to each of us this morning. Please continue to work in our hearts and our minds and continue to transform us more and more into who you truly desire us to be. Help us to continue to learn to live our lives with our defenses down so that we can be living examples of authenticity for the victory that comes only through Christ. Father, as we continue to live through this time of uncertainty with this virus, will you continue to meet with us where we are with your peace? We know that you are still on the throne and that even in all this craziness, you are working to bring about good. Lord, I pray that during this time, there will be people who will discover your love for them. Father, soften the hearts of all those who do not know you yet. Will somehow, and will you somehow connect them with Christians who can show them your love and grace? Father, we desire your will in our lives. Thank you again for your love and grace that you so freely have given to us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Man, we are so glad we got to join you this morning in your homes for this time of worship and the, and looking at the Word of God today. Thank you again for being with us. There's a few announcements we want you to be aware of that you need to continue to be aware of. First of all, the prayer journey that we invited you to join us last week on is continuing. We've encouraged you to pick a 30-second slot, 30-second, 30 30-minute 30 slot of the day to pray, to commit to pray. And we don't want this to be something that's overwhelming where you feel like you have to stop everything else you're doing and and only focus on praying for 30 minutes. Really what we just want you to do is to be mindful of what you're thinking and be very purposefully praying during a 30-minute window of time. You could be doing other things while you're doing that as long as you're able to still focus on prayer. And what we're encouraging you to pray for is this crisis that's going on. Be praying for our church and the church families of our um, that they're making it through this uh, this crisis safely, and that God's peace is with them. Be praying for our community, our local community, our state community, as the leaders who are are governing over in us right now are making decisions with God with with God's wisdom. That that God is using them to protect the people around us. We pray that you. We ask that you pray for the the parts of the country in the world um, that are being most heavily affected by this crisis. Um, continue to pray for them. Pray for the healthcare workers who are are there taking care of those who are infected. Pray for their families that they would be safe. Um, so if you haven't picked a thirty minute slot yet, you can contact the church. 
Uh, you can contact us through the email, um, which is plasnaz at yahoo.com, or you could call us on the phone at 530-622-3217. Both of those will be right here. You can see them. But call and find out what slots are open, um, and then pick one, and, and just commit to that. Our goal is to pray around the clock. To, to fill all 24 hours of the day with people praying in 30-minute slots. And we're going to continue this. We want to, this journey, we want it to last through the crisis, however long that is. We want to be um, a people of prayer who are lifting up those who are dealing with this, as we all are, uh, through this whole thing. The next announcement, or the next thing we really want you to, to make sure to check out is our new website. Um, if you haven't been to plasnaz.com um, in a while. We have a brand new website that we launched last week, and we would love to make sure you go and you check that out. We want you to look at all the different um, places that you can um, get information on there. Um, we also, that is where we're posting our full church service every Sunday. Uh, that is the one that includes the announcements and the uh, worship service and, and the sermon. Uh, all of that is all on the website, and that's where we're encouraging our people to go to, because that's we, we, we really want you to see it through the website, all right? So make sure to do that. Also on our website, you have the ability to do online giving, and we thank you so much for your continued faithfulness through this whole ordeal as you continue to give, and, and we know it's abnormal without the offering plate. But there are ways to do that, to continue to give, to be faithful to the Lord. The best two ways are honestly the mail. Just mail us a check, and the address is going to be here on the screen. It's 6040 Mother Lode in, off of, in Placerville at 95667. Or you can set up it through bill pay um, with your bank. If you have an online format on your bank, use their bill pay thing. Both of those are absolutely free ways to give. Um, if you use the website, there is some fees that are involved, um, but you can do that if you would like. Uh, that uh, is another great way to do that. As we continue through all of the craziness, and if there is ever a moment where you're in need, where you need maybe some groceries, uh, or you need some toiletry items like toilet paper, um, please, please reach out to the church and contact us. Um, we want to be able to help as much as we can, um, so please do reach out to the church, email us, or call the church. Um, that was the best way to get a hold of us, all right? Um, again, the email is plasnaz at yahoo.com, and the phone number is 530-622-3217. Um, also, on the website, if you want to use that as a format, there's a form to fill out there, and you can send in this kind of information, or even if you have prayer requests that you want us to be um, aware of, you can use that as well, and that's completely confidential. It only goes to the church office. No one else knows about it. Um, so if it's something you don't want everybody to be praying for yet, um, and you just need the pastoral team to be praying for that, you can use the website as a great way to do that. All right? We thank you for your time. Um, we know that this is a just a stressful time with everything going on. And we thank you that you are taking the time to continue to connect to God through the services. Um, and we're so happy you're with us. We miss you. We miss you being here in the, in the building with us. But 
We know that it's the right thing, the safe thing to be where you're at. We want you to stay safe, and we can't wait till you're back together with us. We love you and we miss you. Have a great week this week, okay?